and welcome to the Brown Load for the week, uh, first week of February. Um, today we're going to talk about Bloodline, uh, the upcoming schedule for HBO, and other things. Um, but first, <laughs> hey Beth, what did you watch this week? Well, I finished Bloodline. That was my major TV accomplishment of the week. We'll be talking about that later. Um, I watched The the People vs. O.J. Simpson. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched Horace and Pete. Yes. The new Louis C.K. show. I, too, watched both People vs. O.J. Simpson and, well, I mean, I've already seen Bloodline, but Horace and Pete. So we can talk about that. I'll talk about Mad Dogs real quick first. I watched the uh, entire season this week. Oh, wow. This is the one that's the Amazon Prime original. It's an Amazon Prime original that was one of its pilot season ones. Right. Uh, you called it a road trip. <laughs> uh, I, I called it a bro show. You call it a bro show going on a bro trip. <laughs> but um, It has Michael Imperioli. I didn't watch a minute of it until this week, and then after watching at least the pilot, I gotta ask you, did you watch the pilot? Like the whole thing, or just some no, of it? No, I only watched the trailer <clears throat> for the show. Okay. I thought you saw, I'm sorry, I, I thought you saw some of the pilot. No. The, um, <clears throat> long story short... It's four friends that fly down to see friend number five. Um, they say back in the day, but it sounds like it's around college. Uh, it's Michael Imperioli. It's Steve Zahn. It's um, Billy Zane okay. and a couple of others. And they, um, the one that lives in Belize is, uh, is doing some shady stuff that we don't know. And then um, real tense stuff happens. From the end of the pilot for the next nine episodes, it's just a very long... A stressful endeavor of just trying to get out of Belize. Yeah, and, and there's a cat mask involved. Yes, there is a cat mask. <laughs> I don't want to spoil anything, but it's, I just um, saw that on the trailer that someone's wearing a cat mask. Yeah, well, there's. I mean, there's a lot of Belize in it, and a lot of uh, the underground of Belize, and a lot of them trying to get out. But it's just they really. The show really made it look like these are just the most normal people possible. Okay. So they're not going to know how to um, untie these knots they get into. So it's um. I liked it. I liked it a lot. It was a, I don't know if it's your kind of show. Okay. But if you are expecting just four or five guys sitting around talking guy stuff, you're getting a lot more than that. Okay. Not a lot more than that in the first episode, but the way the first episode ends from that point on, like the whole thing changes. So okay, cool. I liked it a lot. It was originally a BBC show. Oh, interesting. Uh, from about 10 years ago. Okay. And uh, they actually used some of the actors, um... From that, uh, and then reuse them again for this, which I kind of dug around to figure out who they're using and this and that. So that's cool. Uh, it was fun. I liked it. Thumbs up. All right. Um, it a thumbs up. That speaking of the BBC, I I read this week that the BBC is coming out with their own streaming network. We're gonna, they're going to put their back catalog of all the BBC shows. HBO on it. Go style. Yeah. Nice. I don't know when that comes out, but I think it's going to be. Pretty great because they have a catalog reaching back to like the 1920s. Yeah, of all kinds of period dramas. And I wonder what that does with things like Sherlock that Netflix has. I wonder if they can still show that on that. Oh, like, is that gonna be available to America? So like BBC America streaming? Uh, that's my understanding. I mean, I don't, I don't know the whole story on this. It lo- looks like it's in the beginning stages, but. What about MI5? Is MI5 going to be on it? <laughs> I don't oh, just know. <laughs> Okay. So, oh, let's talk Horace and Pete. What did you... This was... Louis C.K. made this... I guess it's like a television show. It came out on Saturday, and it was just 
complete surprise to everyone. Like, nobody knew this was happening. Nobody knew a, a week ago that it was coming out. It was Beyonce style. You... Just, here's a show. Did you, um... Did you get an email? Is that how you found out about it? No, I read, like, on Twitter or something, and then I went to his website. And then started following him? So, because yeah. apparently everybody got an email. It was like, hey, I got a new show. Here it is. And that right. was all you got. And then you could, it was, um... Well, for I used the Louis C.K. website, paid the $5 for the thing. That's what I did, too. Is that what too. you did? So you can pay $5 just for... It says episode one of Horace and Pete, but you get a feeling that it might just be kind of a thing that he was doing. And you yeah. said a TV show, but it's it's basically a play. Yeah, it's like a play. <laughs> it, um, it only takes place in two different places. And, um, I mean... There's it's an on, intermission. There's an intermission. It's on stage. They obviously... Made it like a play format, and Louis C.K. wrote and directed it, and he's actually the one of the main characters in the thing. Right. Um, yeah, I liked it a lot because there's obviously, like you said, no promo whatsoever. So you just kind of yeah. you felt like you just happened to find out about a play that had Louis C.K. and Stephen Buscemi and Alan Alda, Jessica Lange, uh, Edie, Edie Falco. Falco. Yeah, and so and it was that's the feel that I got too. I thought that was kind of cool because a lot of times you hear about. Uh, performers that you like from television and movies doing a play yeah. like in New York or LA and you're like, man, I wish I could see it, but you can't. Yeah. But this one is accessible to everyone. So yeah. There cool. was no live studio audience or anything, but it definitely, okay. you did feel like you were a part of it. So just the way he had it set up and it, um, I liked it a lot. Just a thumbs up. What do you think? I thought it was interesting. I thought it might be funny, which it wasn't. No. Um, but I still liked it. I thought it was interesting and it explored some different interesting family topics, I'd say. Um, some really good dramatic acting. Um, not necessarily from Louis C.K., but from uh Alan Alda and Edie Falco, Steve Buscemi. Yeah. I thought they all gave really good performances. I think Louis C.K. isn't an actor actor, so if he's not playing him, then it's always going to feel a little rough. Yeah. So, but he falls into being him in the thing, so it kind of works out okay. Right. And I mean, I liked seeing him in it. I was telling you earlier that when I watched Baskets, I was I wish that Lucy K was in it. Right. Because I like seeing him. Because his fingerprints are on it. Right. You can tell he's part of making that show, but he's not actually in it. But, um, I mean, I'm sure that I'm speaking the same narrative that any guy in his mid-30s is saying, but just, like, you kind of fell in love with Louis C.K. with the stand-up. Right. And then um, the only really other thing you got that you're like, oh, I really love this, was Louis when it came out. But you're already kind of, you already kind of feel like you know who he is. And Louis is a very uh, intimate show about what his life is like. And he's being artistic and doing it his own way. But it's also really funny sometimes. No, it is. (laughs) I'm just saying that it does... I feel like he's taking it one step further with this. He's yeah. like, let's get even uh, deeper or let's go, let, let me try something else new. And I think he's one of those people that's always going to have a free pass for me until he screws it up and right. he hasn't screwed up yet. The, it's not funny. Like, I don't right. think I laughed it's not at a all. Comedy. <laughs> but but um, it's good though. It's, it's you're not supposed to. Watching. Yeah. And um, even though Louis C.K. can be choppy when it comes to dramatic acting, uh, having Steve Buscemi and Jessica Lane, especially Alan Alda, and the way he played the um, mean old racist uh, <laughs> uncle. Yeah. <coughs> I liked it. I really I did. It and it um, kind of, 
it makes you feel like he got away with doing it just the way he wanted because he didn't rely on anybody for promo work. Right. Um, he didn't have to fill a time slot on FX with this, so he didn't have to justify it to anyone. Yeah. He puts it on his website, and he found people he wanted. And so you felt like you got 100% exactly what Louis C.K. wanted to give you. Yeah. Like, without a compromise. So it comes off that way a little bit, but I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot, too. And then, um, so Tuesday... Um, American Crime Story, The People vs. O.J. Simpson started, right. which we both watched, and um, it should be pointed out that FX does has a lot of shows that it comes out per year, and this was its highest opening rating for a show oh, wow. since The Shield, which... I didn't watch. Ever, right. But ever, <laughs> we could talk Shield some other day, if it ever becomes available for streaming, but um, so it was like, there was already a huge buzz about it. It's... Um, Again, being the age I am, it's very surreal to see something that took place in my lifetime being reenacted by people. And uh, I, it felt a little choppy here and there, but it's like I'm already just instantly addicted. Like yeah, it doesn't matter. Me too. I'm definitely I'm in for the for the long haul in this one for sure. Yeah. Um, I thought Sarah Paulson was probably a standout for me, um, playing Marsha Sharp. Um, wait, no, what's her name? Her name's Sarah Paulson. I know, but the the lady she's playing Marcia Clark. <laughs> Marcia Sharp, I think, is a Texas Tech basketball coach from back in the day. She was um, Marcia Clark. Marcia Sharp is, first of all, the, the <laughs> West Texas basketball coach for Texas Tech. Okay. Anyways, I thought Sarah Paulson was did an excellent job. She was probably my favorite performance. There were a lot of good performances, though. I am. Um, I think Cuba Gooding Jr. is too big of a name for me to not see Cuba Gooding Jr. no matter what. So I feel like he has such an uphill to make to look at him and think yeah. of Jay Simpson. But he's doing good with that, showing him just kind of uh, disillusioned with reality. Like he just detached, um, where he's just like, he's O.J. Simpson, he's kind of spaced out. Yeah. So at least I'm writing him well, I guess. But I thought John Travolta playing Shapiro was pretty on point. I was really I, amazed at that. I loved that. I actually <clears throat> loved that. Um, I read a lot of people say he was overacting, or he was, but I think that the real Shapiro was kind of an eccentric guy. Yeah. And I loved John Travolta's performance. I also thought it was interesting that, I mean, I think it's pretty well known, or at least speculated, that John Travolta wears a wig in real life. Right. Uh, but in this show, he's playing a man who's like kind of balding. Right. So I was like, "What did they do? Like, did they put a they bald it? cap over the wig <laughs> and then?" <laughs> or did they? I'm sure. Anyways, I thought that was interesting. Well, I saw a lot about like his fake eyebrows, but I was like, if you looked at Robert Shapiro, he yeah. looks like he has fake eyebrows. So it's kind of, I mean, you know, uh, he colored them or something. Right. But um, it's it's fun. I'm really enjoying it. I, I am too. They're um. It'll be, like I said, it's, I feel like it's going to be good. However, even if it's going to be terrible, I'm still going to watch every minute of it. Me too. And it's fun with my wife who doesn't remember any of this. And she's (laughs) like, oh my gosh. And I was like, ooh, wait till she finds out if he did it or not, if he's found guilty. Like she has no idea. That's fine. I also liked that the entire, the, the first scene you see is some news footage from Rodney King. Yeah. And it, it's kind of giving some context for the racial tension in the country at that time. Yeah. Um, and I liked that they started with that. Um, it makes me feel like they're going to really tackle a That's lot fair. of issues. Yeah. 
Uh, it feels like they're setting it up to be like a multi-dimensional show. Well, not to spoil it for anybody, but <laughs> there does come a point in the trial where, um, quote unquote, playing the race card becomes a heavy part of the court case. So you feel like maybe that's setting up to actually show what the impact actually had um, in the trial itself. Right. Um, the, I don't know. It's It also parallels some things that are happening in the country right now. Yeah. With Ferguson happening last summer. I mean, there's some, some things in our society today that are kind of parallel to that time. Are you saying you almost wish Shaquille O'Neal would just kill a white woman and let's oh see what God. happens with the court case? No. I think um, I was reading online somebody who was clearly younger than us was just like, what was such a big deal about O.J. Simpson? Right. Um, and I didn't understand what he was asking because it was it was a huge deal, everything about right. it, the Bronco chase in the court. And um, he was – but the way he described it in the paragraph – you were you felt like he was it was almost like him saying what's the big deal with uh, Charles Manson or something like right. he only knows OJ Simpson as um with this dark side and right. uh somebody online compared it to like a Shaquille O'Neal or something somebody who's just just seems really great and personable and if you saw him yeah. on the street like they would take your picture with you and well but also <clears> it was like he was he was a football hero, and then he was also in movies. He was a Naked Gun, and that's what I remember. Yeah, this. I remember we were kids, and we watched Naked, right. the Naked Gun movies, and we remember him. From the, I, anyways, he was a huge. And also, since I was so young when it happened, I do remember it happening. But I was so young when it happened. Yeah, it's interesting for me to like see it through this movie, like an adult, yeah, point of view from now on. And it's um, and they address it at least on the pilot, and they'll probably address it more. Um, the domestic violence that was occurring with him right. when he was married with Nicole Brown, and um, like you feel like in 2016, people don't get away with that as much because of Twitter and social media, like. As soon as there's a police report, the whole world knows about it because of TMZ. Right. And, um, you know, when the OJ thing Although went down, it is still happening. I'm not saying it's not No, happening. I know. I'm just... I'm saying when it does happen, right. it seems a lot more likely to be known throughout the country right. as opposed to something that could just be, you know, bottled up. And, sure. Um, so, I mean, there's a... When they said the future episodes and they show... Marsha Clark uh, being like surprised that he was, they went to his house so many times for domestic violence. Like the, it was right. just like, we just unopened this new thing about how dark OJ Simpson was right. and before we didn't know that. So it's, um, it's, it's something I feel like it's unique to the mid nineties and before that we're not getting any more as much um, the exposure and just being able to instantly know. And just if he did it or not for him to be able to fly to Chicago and come back and everything, like you feel like you would be able to, uh, I don't know. Like it just seems in 2016, it's a lot harder to just be able to yeah. be somewhere else and nobody know where you are right. when you're somebody like OJ Simpson, like a Shaquille O'Neal, um, I use Shaquille O'Neal, which is a terrible. <laughs> it's the example they used that one day, and no, I thought it was fine. a perfect no, fit. But it's like, or like the woman in the car wreck in the show. She's like, yeah, it was clearly O.J. Simpson that was yelling at me. You know, he was the one that ran the red light. And mm -hmm. um, so it just feels like in 2016, you would actually have camera footage of all that, and you would know exactly. So yeah. I get, um, it's neat to see something that happened in my lifetime that's still so uh, dated. Right. You know, that's in peril and... Uh, just the way they're going to be able to go forward with the case. I'm really excited. I like it a lot. Yeah, me too. It's it's kind of fun and interesting. So I'll, I'll 
be excited to watch the rest of it. The, what else? Oh yeah, 11-22-63 is coming out on Hulu. Yes. Well, a couple of weeks ago we talked about right. everything that was coming out on Netflix. And then last week we tried to push through Amazon a little bit. And then um, Hulu has that. So Hulu has some other things. But today we are going to talk about what HBO has coming. They have a lot of things premiering this month. Right. They have some other things coming out later in the year. Um, but we do want to mention It's that. February, and everything's coming out in February. Right, it's true. And we... Um, but February 15th, the 11-22-63 is coming out on Hulu. Right. That's the JFK... I can't remember which one does it now. Because Casual is on Hulu. Yeah. Um, did it come out all at once, or was it one episode a week? One episode a week. So, so I bet they're doing it the same way with this. So yeah. that would be... That'll be interesting yeah. to kind of... We can't just eat the whole thing up and then just talk about it the next week. Yeah. It's going to be silly if I does. I read the book, and I like oh, the okay. book a lot. It feels very ambitious to make a TV show out of it, but um, I, with J.J. Abrams um, attached to it and James Franco playing the lead and everything, yeah. it should be fun. It's. I think it'll, it will also be interesting for us because it was filmed in Dallas. Yeah. And so. I don't know about filming, but it, the book t- has a lot in Fort Worth when Lee Harvey Oswald uh, lived here. Um, and his mother and everything else. So he actually cites the Montgomery Ward building that's like over here. And I'm like, oh, oh I know where cool. that is. But um, the story is just about a guy who can go back in time, um, in the book at least, uh, th- uh, to an alleyway. And then it takes place, I think it was like 59, 1959, a particular spot. And um, so he explored it a little bit. And then he went back up. And then he was back in modern day. But when he went back down, he was at the exact same starting point as he was before. So he decided what he was going to do is kind of camp out in the late fifties, early sixties, and save JFK. So, but it's it, kind of like the opposite of Man in the High Castle. Yes, <laughs> but it's kind of like his. Both of them are kind of like historical fiction. Oh, like instead of if Hitler lived and we they won World War Two, it's if JFK lived. Exactly. Yeah, but I think. And this is just based on the book. This is going to be a lot more about the working up to... Like, if I had to guess, I would think the JFK, does he save him or not, would happen at the end, uh, last episode of the episode yeah, before. Yeah, that would make sense. But, and I'm excited about this. Yeah, it'll be... If if they do it in such a way where it's like kind of a time era piece and focus on that, I think they're going to get away with it and do a, have a really good show. Yeah. Um, I like I said, it's I don't have the vision. When I read a book, I don't have the vision of saying, Ooh, I know how to make this a TV show. Like right. other people do that. Sure. And I'm always surprised. So this'll be good. They made um Under the Dome was the last Stephen King show that was made in a TV show. And um, you know, a premise of a dome on top of a city. Oh, right, right, right. It was Chicago, right? No, it was like a smaller town. It oh. might have been like Illinois. Okay. But um I didn't watch it to be honest. I didn't with watch you. it either. But um, I remember it coming out. But it had a little bit of a cult following, so... But that was on television, television, not right, Netflix like or Amazon. It wasn't streaming. This It's going to be fun. I like pushing the envelope with streaming and then just seeing what happens. Nice. Okay, Beth, so now we know everything that's coming on Netflix in 2016. Right. Um, and then we know what's coming out on Amazon, and now it's HBO's turn. So let's... Uh, it being February, everything new is coming out in February. I know. Just, There's a lot of February premieres for HBO. You brought up 11 is on Hulu in February. Right. I know just off the top of my head that Better Call Saul is about to start second season. 
Um, and we actually full our house on Netflix, which we didn't talk, we uh, forgot about. Yeah. No, I think we did talk about that briefly on the yeah. Netflix. But it's, um, it's I haven't watched it yet. same weekend, Valentine's day weekend. Okay. Right in there. Um, so in February on HBO, we have, um, let's just go down the list. You want to go one at a time? Yeah. Let's do right. it. Uh, well, for start February 4th, which, um, is that Friday. Which is today. I, it's just today. <laughs> um, animals. You want to talk about that? Sure. What do you got? Um, animals is a cartoon about animals in New York City. And I think it's... I'm trying to think. Oh, yeah. It's the Duplass Brothers. Yes. There's a lot of celebrities doing like small parts of voices mm-hmm. of like dogs of the dog park and the... Horses that go through Central Park, pigeons. It looks like really weird, a little bit gritty, yeah. but also kind of cute and funny. It looks like, do you remember a show called Dr. Cats? Yes. It was on Comedy Central. Kind of had that, just based on the trailer, had that vibe a little bit. Right. I'm kind of excited. Like, there's this one scene in the trailer where the the dog goes into the dog park and then another dog pulls out a knife. <laughs> it just reminds me of like... My dog interacting with the new dogs. I don't know. It looks cute. I'm going to definitely check it out. And it has New York, and you're in love with New York. I am. So that works out well. But um, that's Animals. That's February 4th. And then the next day, Vice comes back on for another season. Do you watch Vice at all? Uh, Yeah. We we watch Vice mostly because my husband loves it. Probably his favorite show. So every episode. Not, you heard this one's good, and you'll go watch it. Right. Um, On Friday night, we watch Bill Maher, which I know you don't watch that. And then Vice comes on right after whenever Vice is going. Yeah. And then now Animals is going to come on right after that. Oh, so y'all. And then Bill Maher will replay. <laughs> so. You got your weekend plan. Yeah. Out. The um, I've probably watched eighty percent of the Vice episodes, and it's not. It's only because when it happens to be on, I'll watch it. Right. Um. Well, I guess we should explain a little bit what it yeah. is. It's um, Vice is a media company. They you can go to their website to read different articles. But this show is like a 30 minute show and they'll tackle an issue. Like actually one of the more impressive episodes, they actually went to North Korea. Yeah. And they talked to Kim Jong-un. They didn't just talk. They kind of hung out for a while and everything else. So that was interesting. Um, But they, they do that. They go all over the world and they just tackle different issues and kind of give us at home a little slice of what is going on in different places. And I think they really pride themselves on getting a type of access that other people are either don't have, or they're not, you know, instead of just talking about something, actually having a reporter actually out there kind of in the thick of it and figure it out. And it's not just uh, political stuff like North Korea. There's, you know, uh, droughts, uh, you know, drug cartels, everything else that kind of, Try to give you a global perspective, but try to actually be involved or like to be in there to where you can kind of get an everyday in and look at it. Yeah. So it's interesting. Um, you go to Vice's website and you'll kind of know off the bat if you're going to like it or not. Yeah. I would I think. agree. But, um, I, and you might be interested in, in one episode and you might not care about the rest. Yeah. But if you're like me or especially my husband, you probably just watch them all. My favorite episode is, um, when, uh, Bill Hader and Fred Armiston made fun of them on drones. I don't think you ever saw that. I did. Oh, 
Are you when they did the documentary now? The documentary now show. And then they went to go kill the drug cartel. Oh yeah, that was hilarious. They're documentary now is really funny. We should actually talk about that someday. Okay. Um. Okay. So then Valentine's Day weekend comes out. The big weekend where, like I said, eleven twenty two sixty three comes out. Um, Fuller House comes out. Uh, Better Call Saul comes Netflix. back. Yeah, love on Netflix, and then um, uh, Vinyl on HBO, which is their huge, I'm uh, really the cornerstone of vinyl. new shows that's coming out. You were you're very excited about Vinyl. Yes, I'm I'm excited about Vinyl. Uh, I love a New York City period drama. Because <laughs> you don't like New York City modern day. No, I do, but I also, um, I mean, Bobby Carn- Carnival. Mm-hmm. Who else is in it? Olivia Wilde. Ray Romano. It lo- I've, I've seen the trailer. It's about the record industry in the 1970s. Yep. So if you have a Mad Men hangover and you're ready for the next decade, maybe vinyl. I think, yeah, maybe. <laughs> if you wish Mad Men would have just run right through into the 80s. And then they started just having a record company. Yeah. But it looks like it's going to be cool. And I don't think any of that. I think it's a very inaccurate portrayal of what Vinyl is trying to be. Right, right. Um, I, it, it looks more like kind of a Boardwalk Empire type thing just in the 70s. and But also there's music. Yeah, no, I agree. You know, it's, there are different bands that are getting started. and I mean... I'm not too much of a music aficionado, so it's nice to be not. able to see a show where it kind of shows maybe that time and place when they're doing it. They play... They play Stooges song throughout the like uh, over it, and they're showing a lot of punk rock bands and everything. So I don't know what's actually going to be involved and what's not, but I'm not worried about it. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, I think I'm probably going to like this show. I'm definitely going to watch it. And how often does HBO really strike out on something that they put so much backing towards? No, so. I, I any HBO show, I'll give it a try. Yep. But this one looks especially good to me. And then um, that same night, last week with John Oliver comes back. So that's stuck on television. That'll be good. I think it's one of your 10 best shows last year, Beth. It was, I love John Oliver. I just I, I just forgot. What... <laughs> so, like, I just forgot when we were making our list. I love what he's doing um, with his HBO show. I, I talked about that last no, week. No, it's, 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 yeah. it's perfect. It's... um. Taking a Daily Show writing crew and everything, and giving them a week to write about one thing, right? And it shows. It, I think it also shows the exhaustion of trying to come up with new stuff every day, right? Because now they just have to do it once a week, and it's it really is well thought out. Good it's stuff. It's always interesting, and it's always hilarious. And it seems like every, uh, you know, when they do that, when they tackle one subject each week, it seems like that's the thing that's gone viral the next day. You know, spread yeah. all over. Social media and everything because he does such a good job about it. So um, even things that you don't think are problems like a fan duel or a smoking in Malaysia, like he, yeah. he really does a good job of getting in depth about it and showing you. Or the Miss America pageant. Yes. <laughs> like he does really interesting exposés. That'll be fun. It's not something, I'm not like starred for John Oliver right now, but it records and, yeah, then, and I watch it as soon and as it pops even up. Even if you don't have HBO, he'll have long clips on YouTube. Yeah. They and really press that with his show. I noticed. Yeah. They put a lot of, a lot of the show on YouTube, which is nice. Kind of the opposite of what Colbert was doing at the beginning where you couldn't get access to oh, any of his stuff. Yeah. They're backing off on that a little bit, Yeah, but, um, that's a separate issue altogether. <laughs> um, a couple days later, there's a, there's going to be a show called Gonzaga March to Madness, which is them following the Gonzaga, 
college uh, basketball team uh, through the playoffs, kind of um during March Madness. Yeah, well, just before <laughs> March Madness. But I'm just guessing. I don't really know anything. Every, about it. <laughs> <laughs> every week uh, or every year for a while now, they've done what's called Hard Knocks, where they it's a four or five episode thing about a certain NFL team through training camp, and it's always one week behind what actually happened. And it's uh, it's really cool to see that, and so you feel like you can trust HBO to do that with a college basketball team. It's something they're trying to do. So nice. we'll see. It's it's what it is. Um, then a week later, on the twenty first, Girls season five premieres. Yeah, five seasons. I had no idea it was on that long. I did. Yeah, I know you do. I watched that show religiously. That's like your favorite show. Um, or one of your. I mean, it's just. I do really. I I did not love. This past, last year's season, season okay. four, I think it maybe jumped the shark a little bit. Okay. I will still watch it every week. I still love this show. Um, the plot lines are just getting a little bit outrageous. Yeah. Like, one of them's possibly moving to Japan, and somebody's running for office. Oh, no. Like, What are they going to do if that one person <laughs> moves to Japan? But, that being said, I love this show. I've loved it from the very beginning. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for it to come back. Yeah. And I think we've, we, we've said, I've never watched, uh, more than a couple minutes of it, but, right. uh, if that show ever tries to draw my demographic in, then the thing's going to fall apart. They're not, they yeah. don't want me. Well, and I think they've already said that next season will be the last season. It's always good when they do that because then you feel like you'll get the kind of closure you want yeah. for your characters instead That's of it just kind of fiddling out, you know, on episode <laughs> eight. Like Batman. The um, uh, Togetherness, that's second season, right? Season two? Yes. Okay. That's another Duplass Brothers show. I feel like the first season I watched the first episode and I liked and I haven't watched the rest. Now I will because there's a second season. I really think you would like this I show. thought the ratings weren't well, but maybe I was wrong. I it thought people matter. weren't watching it. Just, no, 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 I know. I'm just I, kidding. The, it's kind of like, um, I would say it's the same tone as You're the Worst. Yeah. Kind of droll, funny, real life. This is more marriage and children and stuff too. Though. Exactly, it's like it's like the tone of that show, but married people with children. But also, some of the main characters are in their thirties and not married. Right. It's like two of the sisters. One of them's married and has small children, and one of them is Amanda Pete. She's like a hot mess. Yeah. And she is not married and. It's having issues, and I will watch the first season before the second season starts. Yeah, so maybe we can talk about it more full by then. Because I did like the first episode. I just I think we've talked about this where I, if I know a show's not doing well and it might get canceled, I give up on it. <laughs> no, I leave I leave sense. it before it leaves me. <laughs> and um, so, but now that I know there's a second season, which is this is the first I knew about that. Then yeah. that's good to know. It's not like the kind of thing where you have to watch the next episode because the plot is so wrenching. Yeah. But it's funny. There's a couple times where you'll laugh out loud every episode. And a lot of it, you'll just be like, okay, yeah. That, you know, really, you know, it's just like real life of being married. This Like you love the person, but it's a struggle. And then raising kids is hard, you know, but it, it makes it funny too, though. I like yeah. it. <laughs> the, um... That was a very scattered... And explanation then, of the show. So that slate for HBO is just February. Just the next right. two or three weeks. The, um, a lot of things coming out in February. Yeah. That we just talked about. <laughs> well, um, 
I mean, we don't even address shows that were on in the fall and then take this month right. on Christmas break and come back. Like, we just try to address the newer stuff that's about to start. Right. Um, it's amazing how there's this huge drought of television and then they just turn on the fire hose about a week ago. And because it's like, we haven't even talked about baskets or, um, I know just, uh, I actually, I finished bloodline this week and then I was having like ADD trying to decide what am I going to watch? What are you going to jump on next? We, um, so much and we should probably point out that in April, uh, season six of Game of Thrones, uh, season three of Silicon Valley, and I think it's season four of Veep. Yeah. All three of those are coming back, and that's... Um, those will all be good. That's my whole schedule. Like, when all three of those are stopped down television for me. Right. And so... Um, and later in the year, they haven't set a premiere date yet um, for Divorce. Yeah. Which is Sarah Jessica Parker's return to HBO, which I'm so excited um, anyways, I'm really excited. And I just real they, I know they're filming the show right now. Yeah. In New York city. In 2016 is when they have it slated. Yes. Okay. Um, and Sharon Horgan wrote this show, mm-hmm. um, who is, she wrote catastrophe yeah. with a writing partner, but still I'm, I'm really excited about divorce. Some guy. That she wrote it with. The um, <laughs> Catastrophe is one of my favorite yeah, shows. Yeah, no, Catastrophe so. is awesome. So that even makes me more excited. Uh, Sex and the City. Let's see what my my wife's probably invested the 200 hours you have to have to watch the whole series. I've watched that whole series multiple times. Not a minute. I mean, I know just in walking, but again, not it's not meant to be for me. So uh, I don't know if I'm excited about just Sarah Jessica Parker's return to HBO, but if. <laughs> Um, I'll give it a try for sure. The, yeah. um, uh, Bernie Madoff is supposed to be getting off, uh, supposed to be getting out of jail theoretically sometime in 2016. Yeah. And, um, a couple different people made shows about it. Um, Richard Dreyfuss plays them, I think on AB, it's on ABC that came out, started this week. Oh yeah. Madoff. It's called Madoff. Wait, was it a made for TV movie or it's a show? It's a mini series. Okay. So I think it's like, you know, okay. a few episodes. All that being said. Um, you sounded disinterested. I haven't even seen a trailer. I don't know anything about it. Um, but I was kind of curious just so they could show what Bernie Madoff did. It, uh, it is kind of intriguing, I guess. But um, there's going to be like a HBO made movie about it. That where could be good. Robert De Niro is playing uh, Bernie Madoff instead. And then you got Michelle Pfeiffer playing his wife. Oh, that and- sounds... Kind of good. Yeah. So, and it's HBO. Well, thinking about all of those um, election movies HBO has made, uh, which I always love those. The Sarah Palin, John McCain one. It's a game changer. I can't remember what it's. Yes. Yeah. And the other one was called Recount. Yes. Which was obviously Bush v. Gore. Um, So, if that's any indication of what they do with real Well, and uh, just biopic stuff. Like, you don't know Jack, where Al Pacino played um, Jack Kevorkian. Uh, and even like last year's show me a hero with Oscar Isaac, where it's just like, they took something like just, you know, uh, redistricting, uh, redrawing the lines for federal housing and just, they make this drama that's just real intriguing and you just yeah. watch the whole thing. Uh, that's called wizard of lies. That'll come out later. It's 2016. That's the, the HBO made off HBO made off show. The one on ABC is called made off. Right. Um, and it's on right now, I think. Right. But if you feel like that looks terrible and you don't <laughs> want to watch it, wait until the end of 2016 and then there's Wizard of Lies. And then um, 
No premiere day for that either. I think that since Netflix is very fluid about when they put a show out, mm-hmm. maybe uh, it's maybe it's a chess match, chess match with HBO trying to you know match their shows up together because they're kind of starting to get a war with each other. Those two, Netflix, and HBO. Um, well, hey, we win because we're getting no, no, great no, I, programming from great. both networks. <clears throat> and then sometime in 2016, a sci-fi show called Westworld, which is based off a movie called Westworld. Um, what is that about? I've never heard of that. Uh, man, it came out in the late 70s, maybe, the movie. I remember watching it. As Not a, to be confused with Waterworld. No. This is <laughs> Westworld, okay. where you would pay... It's like a resort, and you'd pay per day to get the true Western cowboy experience. Like a dude were, ranch. Yeah, no, except it was like the actual dated Wild West, and they had robots playing other cowboys and oh. sheriffs and stuff, and you could live there. And you could actually shoot a robot and then, you know, quote-unquote kill it, but then, um, you'd, you'd, you know, you'd go to jail, like all that stuff. And they also had like a, Interesting. a medieval world that you could do the same kind of thing, like live the true life experience. Except the robots start running amok, and it's insanity. So, I, can see, I can see where this is going. It sounds, <laughs> sounds pretty good. Um, so a 2016 version of that in a TV format, I think a lot of people in the sci-fi community are excited about that. But no uh, no premiere day for that either. So it's the same thing <laughs> theoretically later in 2016. So there you go, HBO. Sounds good. All right, Beth. So now that you've finished Bloodline... Um, which I feel like I put on my top 10 for last year. Yeah, I think you did. Um, we can actually talk about it. So I'm ready. Let's spend a few minutes talking about it and then we'll let everybody know we're about to spoil everything and then they can turn it off and go watch Bloodline and come back. Okay. We'll give an introduction with no spoilers. Yeah. Um, this is a Netflix original drama. Yes. 13 episodes. What you meant to say is it's a family of adult siblings find that their past secrets and scars are revealed when their black sheep of a brother returns home in the Florida Keys. So it's, um, it's, it's, it's a drama for sure. And it's very, very setting oriented. I feel like they show a lot of the Florida Keys and like what it is. And it, um, I like that. Oh, I liked it too. I thought it was fine. Did you, um, do you agree with my assessment? Because I think I've told you before, it takes about four or five episodes to really start to turn a corner before you have to watch the next episode. Yeah. It kind of starts out as kind of like a parenthood or brothers and sisters, one of those kind of shows where it's just like the family. Just going through family stuff. Going through family stuff. Yeah. And then at some point in the season, it's like, oh, this is very plot driven. Like yeah. something is something crazy is happening. Well, so just to set the stage, it's uh, parents, uh, older parents with uh, four adult children. Um, they all live in the Florida Keys. Uh, they run a hotel. Like a a, hotel. It almost feels like a bed and breakfast kind of thing because they're trying to make the hotel look a lot more intimate than an actual hotel yeah. would be. But um, the siblings are like in their 40s. Yeah. There's three brothers. And his sister. Well, at first, there's only two brothers and one sister. And then the black sheep, um, who's played by Ben Mendelsohn, uh, comes back for a huge wedding anniversary party okay. that's going on. And But that he, happens pretty early in the season he comes in. That's... Like, first episode. Ten minutes. Right. Like for, but I'm saying before that, it's, you know... Right. They're um, all just living their life, and then he comes back. Right. And I think uh, Kyle Chandler is... 
for all intents and purposes, the main character. He's a police officer. Um, and he's one of a the very songs. hunky police officer. Oh, is he hunky? Yes, I'd say he's very attractive. Okay. Well, he... Um, so he, attractive that he doesn't even look like he could be the brother of the other two brothers. <laughs> they actually address that in the show. When when one of the brothers is meeting someone, they're like, wait, you're his brother? You don't look anything like him. I must have missed that part. But, I, I don't know. Anyways. But it... um, No, I like the show. It's, like I said, I... took me a couple episodes to get involved, but I knew a lot of people who was just like, oh, you just gotta get to episode four or five. There's, yeah. there's this shrouded mystery about something that happened when they were children, and they hint at it every now and then throughout right. the first few episodes, and they get a lot heavier with it uh, towards the end, and then you kind of, you're already invested in the family. Right. You feel like you want to know what happened, and you want to know what's going on. And it's interesting that the circumstances of what happened at just one or two points in their childhood is, the question the show is asking is, is that why the black sheep you know, ben is the way he is. Yeah, is that why the way is that the reason he is the way he is? Um, and uh, could he have been an upstanding guy, hunk, um, <laughs> instead of just kind of a skinny, strung out? Um, uh, I almost want to say thug, criminal kind of thing. He's just yeah. never had his crap together. It kind of. Um, it kind of asks that question about a lot of the siblings. Like, yeah. are they who they? who they are because of their childhood. Yeah. And it, um, I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, Oh, and Linda Cardellini plays the sister who is from freaks and geeks. And we just found out she was at 120 something episodes at ER. We <laughs> yeah. Which that. I didn't watch, but I loved freaks and geeks. So when I saw her, Lindsay from freaks and geeks. So I was excited to see her. Probably the main character in freaks and geeks. Yeah, I'd say that. If you had to pick one main character, yeah. it's probably based on her and then her friends, I guess. Yeah, I agree. And then um, the... The mom is Sissy Spacek. Yeah. And uh, she plays a huge role in that. And the, and I think she actually lives in Florida. Does she? Yeah. It's neat because the stuff I read about the Florida Keys is the local residents and how they combat these large resorts um, getting built down there and everything else. And then it's... The show kind of shows that a little bit too. Yeah, I agree. Um, with you know, they have a smaller hotel, and there's a couple instances in the show where it's just like that. You got to fight this. You know, they're never going to let you put a helipad down. They're building the resort, or um, so people start backing off. So it kind of has gives you this feeling of a. I've never been to the Florida Keys, but like a more of a tight knit community right. that kind of bands together and um, you know doesn't really. Loves tourists, but doesn't want, you know, outsiders kind of moving in, so to speak. Right. And, um, like, that kind of lack of trust, for lack of a better word, kind of shows in when uh, Ben Mendelsohn's character comes. What's his name in the show, the character? Danny. When Danny comes back after being gone for so long, just like when he kind of gets the cold shoulder from enough people, there's nowhere for him to go. Like, he can't just... I mean, there's nowhere in the Florida Keys for him to go. Right. So his choice is just, like, bail out or um, take a take a darker turn and, you know, deal with the criminal element, so to speak, kind of thing. Um, I, I don't know what more I can say about the show without spoiling anything. Okay. But I will say what I told you. Like, if you compare it to Parenthood, if you like that kind of show, you're going to like this show. Because the first few episodes is just that. It's just them talking and just them, the friction of siblings and the mom and the dad and what's going on with this. And then it does take a turn where it shows an actual plot. I just didn't feel like the actual plot came in until about four episodes in. 
Agreed. And then when you get to like episode nine or 10, you're like, okay, I want to finish this today. Yeah. That, I mean, I couldn't, but that was kind of the point where I was like, I need to watch the next one. It was 13 episodes and there was a point around four or five. I was like, how are we doing this for nine more episodes? But I agree with you. I, I can think of the turn or think of the point where I'm like, all right, well, this is all I'm doing with my life until I figure (laughs) out what happened. Oh, also Chloe Seven, you Oh, yeah, she's a smaller part in the in this show. She's in there for a few episodes. But she does a good job. I feel like they all did a good job. Yeah, I, the acting was, was good. And now that you've said it, I think maybe he's a little too hunky to play a police officer. <laughs> because they're all kind of a, a laid-back, more beach-bummy kind of family. Like, yeah. you can see that in the other brother. But he also kind of has, like, darker features than the rest of them. But I mean colorblind casting, I guess. Yes. <laughs> no, I um I don't think that people have to look exactly the same to play family members on a show. I don't mean that. I just meant that everybody on the show, even the sister who's a lawyer, has a much more relaxed beach look to them. And Kyle Chandler just is a very straight and narrow, clean shaven yeah. uh, hunk, for lack of a better word. But maybe I, it does differentiate the two between him and Ben Middle, Danny Ben Mendelsohn. Right. That um, the the paths that they both took, um, yeah. regardless of choice or not, um, how different two uh, siblings can actually look. After yeah, that. and a lot of times in in real life, you know, people who are siblings, and you're like, "That's your sibling." Like, I don't know. You know. But let me just before we go, spoiler. What um, what you think of the show? Like thumbs up. I really liked it. Okay. Um. Yes, I would say thumbs up. I might give it like a seven. Which is fine. I was just yeah. wondering, to me, there's there's shows I just won't watch. Like, they're just bad. And yeah. And there's shows that are just good, but I won't watch because I don't have time. Right. And then there's shows like this that was good, and then it turned great for me. To where it was I just agree. like, this is what I'm doing until it's over. And I'm excited for season two. Yeah, when season two comes on, we're probably going to both digest it pretty quickly. Yeah, I agree. And that's in March. That's not too far away. I'm Yeah, I'm interested to see what season two is going to be about. I have an idea. I think they kind of give you an idea at the end of the season what might be coming. Let's but. talk spoilers. Okay. All right. Okay, we're officially starting spoilers now. So turn this podcast off if you haven't watched Bloodline yet. Turn it off and then come back in 13 hours after you've seen <laughs> the first season of Bloodline. Okay. Okay. Good. So... Ben Mendelsohn's character, Danny, he comes back. Um, he slowly, he causes trouble just being him. Right. Which um, I think anybody with a large family can have maybe the stress with that. Seems like our family, we're from a larger family. Like, we don't yeah. have that kind of a black sheep. <laughs> no, we but, don't uh, have anyone that, like that in our family. But... The, um, it was kind of interesting because when he first comes back, you just kind of think, like, he's just sleazy... And there's something off about this guy. Get him away from me. Yeah. And then when they show the flashback of like him getting beat up by the dad. Yeah. You kind of go, well, wait, is he the bad guy? Is it somebody else? Like what's happening? Yeah. And then as you get the season progresses, you're like, oh yeah, he's just horrible. And you are just done with him. Yeah. I don't know. It no, was interesting it- for me. It was like, well, maybe I do feel sorry for him. Like there was some kind of sympathy element. And then that went away as soon as he started like... What she got at the very beginning of the show was like this kind of a perfect utopia life that everybody's right. just living. 
and um, Kyle Chandler is going to go investigate some dead body like in the water and you feel like oh this is what the show is going to be about like yeah. family plus a little bit of a crime drama hinted there here and there um Kyle Chandler's like the perfect guy like he's not breaking any rules ever and he's doing everything the right way right. and he's got a couple kids and, and he's a, a wife, hunk and he's a hunk he's just adorable <laughs> but the um so it's like you and then Obviously, Danny's coming to thwart all that, and you feel like Danny meets his friend right when he's there, and they're doing something, stealing gasoline, and doing like criminal stuff. You felt like the show was going to get to the point where it's like, um, it's uh, there was a show called Brotherhood on Showtime. I didn't watch it. it was I know what you're talking about. Very, very loosely based off um, Whitey Bulger, okay, um, and all that because Whitey Bulger's brother was actually like a state senator. Uh, you know, in the area. So it's like one brother's just so clean cut and right. doing everything the right way. And this other brother is just this crime ridden thug of a guy. Right. And you feel like those are going to eventually butt heads, especially when Kyle Chandler's character is a cop. Exactly. The first episode ends with, and I, and I promise you, I probably wouldn't have watched any more of the show if it didn't end this way, but mm-hmm. it ends with him putting Kyle Chandler, putting his brother's body on that boat and then blowing it up. Except for that. You you don't really know what who the body is. You have an idea that it's Danny, but you don't yeah, know Yeah, sure. you just know they're all wearing seersucker suits. But it's... Um, <laughs> and you don't know why. So then you have to know. Because now right. you're like, okay, you're now like, he's not just... Happening. He's not conflicted about, you know, what do I do with my brother? It's He's now conflicted in a different sense because he's breaking all these rules right. that he never did before. Well, also, I think it's in the first episode that the dad goes into a coma... Uh, I think it's the second episode. Somewhere near the beginning. And when when those kind of things started happening, I was like, is this just a soap opera? Like, there's a coma, there's a will. Yeah. There's like, I don't know. But then it really does turn into a really mature plot by the end. It does. It, it feels choppy, but I the reason I kept watching is I wanted to know why Kyle Chandler was putting a body on the boat and blowing it up. <laughs> yeah. And then when... Um, and then it will cut to like... The dad wasn't just in a coma. Like, he had a stroke. And you don't know At why. least that's what Danny said. Right. The black sheep. Because Danny was the only person there. And Kevin, who's the other brother, the hothead, was just wanted Who to never kill. brushes his hair. Wanted it Because they're beach... They're, these are beach people. I know, people, but though. why did his hair always have to be so, like, crazy? I, but I'm just saying, you don't feel like you <laughs> see people like that that live on the I, docks? I felt like it might have been a little extreme. In Kevin's case. Okay. I feel like it's extreme that they got Kyle Chandler. They should have gotten somebody uglier. But I also like that they have some different family drama, some different relationship. Like, I feel like they have something for people who like that kind of show. And they also have something for people who like a more plot-driven, serious... Yeah. Because I like plot-driven. Like, I'd rather... I mean... I don't want to have plot at the expense of relationships in humanity, but I do want a plot. So yeah, the um, uh, so wondering if Danny actually just beat the hell out of his dad and right. put him in a coma, or if he had a stroke. If what Danny was saying was true, and what drove me nuts is not drove me nuts, but Kevin would be like, "Hey, did you do something to him?" And Danny would be a prick, and he would just yeah. say, "I don't know, did I?" And like Ben Mendelsohn. Really did a good job of like just making you hate him. Yeah, and even he really did a good job of just playing. I think you're right. Like very you, unlikable guy. You wanted him to just go away. At the yeah. Beginning. But then when he blew up in a boat, you're like, well, that's extreme. I didn't mean like that kind of. <laughs> and then you do. It should 
be mentioned that while the dad's in a coma, they show more flashbacks and they talk about just what a total nightmare their dad was. He was a, a drunk. He was right. abusive. Um, and they'll even show flashbacks of one of the kids, which we later find out is Danny, just beats the hell out of him. Well, and I, when I first saw the flashback, I didn't know who was beating him up. I thought it might have been Kevin, the other brother. Yeah, Kevin's the younger. Yeah, I, I mean, but you didn't, I didn't know. know. Yeah, Danny's I was like, like the oldest. I was like, wait, is Kevin a horrible person? Like, what's happening? But, but then, you find out about the shoulder injuries. Always felt like he's always having pain from a shoulder that uh, quote unquote hit by a truck, even though. Right. What it actually was is that incident when his dad beat the hell right. out of him. So you feel um, bad. But then towards the end where he like basically kidnaps the niece and he starts doing those right. no, that's really what sketchy things. Like by the time he actually gets murdered, you're like, good. You hate him because <laughs> you hate him at the beginning because he's kind of a black sheep. And you're like, oh, if he would just go away with my life. And even the dad says something like bad luck just seems to follow you around. Right. Which, I mean, but in the middle episodes, you feel like that's a very cutting statement because that bad luck was his dad. Like, you feel bad Like, it all stems from that. And then, uh, but you're right, at the end, he By the last few episodes, you're just like... Well, and it wasn't enough for... He wasn't... uh, If you live under the assumption that everybody makes the best possible um, choice, given the information they've always had, you kind of feel that Ben Mendelsohn's character has been doing that. Chronic pain with the shoulder, always being the black sheep. And the only reason he's a black sheep is because, well, with the dead sister, but we'll talk about that, which is him trying to do the right thing and trying to hold the family together and his dad being an abusive uh, lunatic and beating him up. But then you, he takes that turn of, oh, no, his intention this entire – the only reason he came back is to fuck the whole family over, like yeah. to ruin everybody. And then you hate him again. Right. Which, um, and especially like when he gives the, the niece that um, seahorse – yeah. Necklace. Don't you want to just beat him up at that point? Yeah, and it's so there's a different side plot of which again, if you haven't watched the show, go watch the show. We'll talk about it. <laughs> but the um you know, Sissy Spacek just saying, Hey, take this sister and go away. Like he's like, Come on, let's go away, crying girl, let's get on the boat and go. And um the crippling a grief that Kyle Chandler's character feels about not being on that boat, not breaking that rule and being on the right. boat because maybe he could have done something. Well, I think the whole family feels bad about what happens to this, the sister. I think in their own way, they all feel yeah, responsible. But it doesn't seem like the living sister, the lawyer knows fully exactly like the reason they got on the right. boat. Right. And maybe they'll, like, they'll go into that even more into season two. But it seems like the way family history is the narrative that they actually verbalize to each other is that Danny, the black sheep right. uh, killed the sister by going out on a boat when he wasn't supposed to without an adult. And then she drowned. Like he didn't kill her, kill her. Like right. her, she got stuck on a rock underwater and he had no way of pulling her out. Well, in some of the, the later flashbacks towards the end of season one, you're like, Maybe he was just a jerk back then whenever he took her out on the boat. Yeah. Like, maybe he was just always like that. Like kind of a rebel. Yeah. But, but then you and start you to think, of, well, maybe... You wonder. But was then you he start like to think maybe he's like his dad and the way his dad is. Or yeah. maybe that rebel is what you needed to cope with having that type of a father. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, maybe he's kind of taking over the role that an actual father would be, which is... Uh, help the crying sister because the mom's not doing it because she's about to leave. Like she's getting on a bus and leaving. And, um, but it's a, you, you do in the middle episodes feel a, an enormous amount of empathy for 
uh, Danny, the black sheep, because you're just like, he tried so hard as a kid making right. choices he's not, he doesn't need to be making. He's too young and he's being shunned by everybody that he was just trying to help. Um, and, uh, chronic pain, you know, was what probably just led into drugs. And then that just stems 20 years, 30 years down the road to yeah. where he's just a mess and he needs help kind of cleaning up. So you're like, I'm glad he's in the keys. Like, I'm glad that he's finding this place. Yeah. Uh, but the, then does it go away? The sympathy for him does it go away? Oh, yeah. Too? No, it goes away very quickly when it turns yeah. out the only reason he was helping his mom was to try to open a restaurant so they could get the fish in and start bringing drugs in. Like, that's all he right, cared about. Right, right, right. But, um... Yeah, when he starts putting the family business in jeopardy by running drugs through Intentionally the putting it in jeopardy. Because he brings that up... That was kind of... That was like a, a moment where you're just like, oh, what a jerk. And then when he starts having a relationship with the niece that they don't, that her parents don't want him to have. Yeah. That's what starts really bothering me too. And it's just, I don't know. Well, when it comes to the point where he's um, like uh, Kyle Chandler's character doesn't want Danny. Well, his wife doesn't first doesn't want Danny talking to his kids and he's doing it anyway. And the only reason he's doing it is to make Kyle Chandler uncomfortable. Right. That's when it becomes a problem because I think that, the way Danny's character would be when it comes to the nieces and nephews, like even if the dad says, Hey, I don't want you doing this with my kids. He's thinking, well, I'm still like, they still need this life lesson that Kyle Chandler's not giving them. Like you could still kind of empathize, but there is a point where you're just like, Oh no, you're just all you're trying to do is you're intentionally trying to ruin everyone's life. Yeah. That was Danny. Season two come out March 20th, I think. Something in there? Okay. And then, um, the, and that's only, that's a shorter season. I think it's like eight episodes. Okay. And we'll probably get them all on the same day since it's, well, Netflix. it's Netflix. So we will get them all on the same day. So we'll definitely talk about season two because we both, you will yeah. watch it going forward. Right? Definitely. All right. All right. All right. Well, that's, um, there you go. There's Bloodline. <laughs>